Alberta Premier Danielle Smith says she's ready to use the Sovereignty Act for the first time ever to combat the Trudeau government's incoming clean electricity regulations. The University of Alberta is returning a $30,000 donation made by the family of the Ukrainian Nazi veteran Yaroslav Honka. German member of European Parliament Christine Andersen has called on Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to resign over the Nazi invite debacle. Hello Canada, it's Friday, September 29th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm William Macbeth. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith said she's ready to resort to using the Sovereignty Act for the first time ever to combat the federal government's incoming clean electricity regulations, which would require the province to achieve a net zero electricity grid by 2035. Smith told reporters Thursday that she was in the process of drafting a motion to use the Sovereignty Act, which was passed last December. The act would allow the province to assert a claim of provincial jurisdiction in areas like natural resources or private property. I said this when we introduced the Sovereignty Act, that I had a couple of hard lines. Uh, They had proposed an emissions uh, cap that was unreasonable on fertilizer, and they've dropped that because they realized that food production is at risk. And so we're pleased to see that they were being uh, reasonable and practical about that. They continue to talk about a 42% emissions reduction by 2030 on oil and and natural gas. That is not on. They are talking about 75% plus emissions reduction on methane by 2030. We've already achieved a goal of, we set out a goal of of reducing emissions 45%, we're at 44%. We've demonstrated good faith that we're there. That is also not on. And these clean electricity regs, which would be a net zero cap by 2035, also not on. So that's why we're continuing with the negotiation. If we can get aligned on 2050, then we won't have to build a fence to protect our constitutional jurisdiction. And so it falls in their court. Um, that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And at the moment, we're still having discussions, and they haven't dropped anything unilaterally, and we hope that continues, because then we can continue our conversation. Smith's comments come at a time when the province has begun an advertising campaign to warn Albertans about the negative impacts of the federal regulations. The Premier has warned that adopting the regulations in such a short time would lead to rolling blackouts across the province. Other provinces, including Saskatchewan and Newfoundland, have joined in on the fight against the regulations. So, William, time and time again, the threat of the Sovereignty Act seems to come up. And here we have Danielle Smith saying she's working on a motion to introduce the act in response to the clean electricity regulations. Do you, you know, you're in Alberta, do you have any sense of what such a motion might look like and what it would look like for Smith to use this act against these regulations? Well, it's it's an interesting question. We're kind of entering uncharted territory. This is the first time the new Sovereignty Act has been used since the election, since it's been drafted and put into law. We don't know exactly how all of the mechanisms are going to function when put to the test. I think what Premier Smith's goal here is, is to communicate loudly 
Albertans' displeasure with this latest move by the federal government. You know, Alberta is a great place to live, but I don't think anybody could call it warm. I don't think in the winter anybody would call it a place you would ever want to be without electricity. And Alberta's electricity largely comes from natural gas, burning natural gas. It's a lot cleaner than coal, but of course it does emit some amount of carbon. But I don't think Albertans want to live in caves around fires without central heating in the middle of a minus 30 degree winter. So I think they're going to be proud, loudly and proudly with Danielle as she makes this challenge against the federal government. Now, just for our listeners, um, we just announced the other day that Danielle Smith will be our keynote speaker at our upcoming live in-person event, True North Nation. So we will be hearing from Danielle Smith in Calgary. William, do you expect this topic to be a part of her speech? We hope she touches on a whole range of things. This will be this Our True North Nation event is happening right before she has her party's annual general meeting. It'll be happening at the same time as the House of Commons is sitting and who knows what laws are going to be coming forward. Certainly these energy and electricity regulations are going to be one. But we definitely think it's going to be an exciting time. And for anyone who's in and around Calgary and like to go, they can check out and buy tickets at www.truenorthevents.ca. It's on October 21st. The University of Alberta is returning a donation made by the family of the Ukrainian Nazi veteran at the center of a political firestorm. The Edmonton University reviewed the $30,000 endowment established in Yaroslav Hunka's name following controversy over his recognition in the House of Commons last Friday. The 98-year-old Hunka received a standing ovation from members of parliament and visiting Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky when he was introduced by then-Speaker of the House Anthony Rota as, quote, a war hero who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians. Hunka served in the SS 14th Waffen Grenadier Division during the Second World War, a unit under direct Nazi command. In 2019, Hunka's family donated $30,000 to the University of Alberta's Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies to establish an endowment named after Yaroslav and his wife Margaret. In a statement to True North Wednesday evening, the university said it is returning the donation. Verna Yu, the university's interim provost and vice president of academic wrote, quote, after careful consideration of the complexities, experiences, and circumstances of those impacted by the situation, we have made the decision to close the endowment and return the funds to the donor. The university recognizes and regrets the unintended harm caused." Unquote. So, Kosman, this incident, whole incident, has been a black eye for Canada. The Russians are using it as propaganda that Zelensky, who is Jewish, is secretly a Nazi sympathizer, and the rest of the world thinks our government is, well, just a bunch of gaff-prone dimwits. Now, do you think that this is the worst blunder the government has made when it comes to Canada's image and credibility on the world stage? Yeah, I, I definitely think it is the worst, and this government has such a habit uh, of messing up foreign relations. We saw it with the Saudis, we saw it with the handling of Chinese uh, interference. You know, we don't necessarily have a great relationship with the United States right now. And you would think, you know, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and 
U.S. President Joe Biden would get along better. But it, honestly, there's there's so many conflicts and the Trudeau cabinet just does not have a handle on the foreign relation file. No, I mean, you think back to all of the foreign affairs disasters that have happened from the first India trip to the fact that India is now deeply angry at Canada over uh, the most uh, recent incident. You, you have to wonder if the government has any idea what it's doing when it comes to foreign affairs. And now with Anthony Rota, the former speaker, taking the blame and the prime minister sort of apologizing, not really taking any responsibility himself, but apologizing that something bad seems to have happened. Uh, do you think that we're going to see this wind down? Do you think this is going to go away now? Or do you think this thing still has some energy and people are still going to be talking about it in the coming week? I think this is going to be a permanent stain uh, on this government. You know, I saw they're trying to remove any mention from the House of Commons record to essentially erase that this happened, but it's in everybody's minds, you know, and every time the government is going to resort to calling people far-right extremists, calling people that oppose them, you know, Nazis, this will be the first thing that anybody is going to bring up, because quite frankly, it really does show some of the uh, hypocrisy and incompetence uh, currently present in the Trudeau cabinet. German member of European Parliament Christine Anderson has called on Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and other MPs who hailed a former SS soldier as a hero in the House of Commons to live up to their own standards and resign. In a clip posted to social media, Anderson referenced the political outrage after she met with several Conservative MPs while on a trip to Canada earlier this year. Yeah, I was in Canada and three members of parliament uh, in, in Canada, they were being crucified for having had lunch with me. A person who, Justin Trudeau, just stigmatized and labeled as being a Nazi. And here we are, and they are all standing up, applauding and praising an actual Nazi. Well, Mr. Justin Trudeau, I hope you hold yourself to the very standard that you so generously apply to everyone else. I seriously think, and you know you do, you have to step down and resign. In February, Anderson had a casual lunch with Conservative MPs Colin Carey, Dean Allison, and Leslyn Lewis during her Canadian speaking tour. The move caused turmoil for the Conservatives as the legacy media and opposing parties insinuated that MEP Anderson was racist and an extremist. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev issued a statement condemning Anderson for allegedly holding vile and racist views. Anderson has denied the accusations leveled against her. She has been serving as an MEP since 2019 as a member of the Alternative for Germany party. AFD has received criticism for its anti-migration policies and opposition to radical Islam. So, William, you know, the left has the are so prone to calling anybody they disagree with Nazis. How do you think this scandal will reflect on liberal 
politicians when they resort to such extreme ends? Well, I mean, that's a really interesting question. If you've, if you've read some of the news articles, I'm sure you have, and saw some of the headlines, you'll notice that they started calling uh, this individual an actual Nazi. The word actual appeared. And I think it's a reflection of the fact that it's because they've used the word Nazi so much in so many false situations where people aren't Nazis, they just held opposing viewpoints, that when an actual Nazi came and was in the House of Commons, they had to, they had to dignify that or separate that from just calling everybody a Nazi. And, that, and that's the problem with using a word like that, is if you label everybody who has even uh, the least amount of dissenting view, but just doesn't agree with your own as a Nazi, you take away the power that that word has. And it, and it should be reserved for people who actually are Nazis, not just people who you disagree with or find people who have unsettling or opinions that don't align with yourself. So I hope this is a good reminder for everybody that, you know, if you don't like someone, they're a political opponent, you don't share their values or you don't agree with their policies, that doesn't make them a Nazi. It might make them wrong in your eyes, but not a Nazi. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thank you and have a great day.